Oh, hello there, Sam here. Welcome to this week's episode of What's Happening Now. I'm here to set the scene, uh, maybe even get you in the mood for the show. What that mood should be, I, I honestly do not know, but here we are. This week, we went along to Liverpool to get a little hint of what was happening at the Labour Party conference. Politics gossip, yes, but we also found time to talk about James's robot house and even to one man about collecting Pokemon. So, without further ado, here we go. Off to Liverpool. All right, James, we are here in Liverpool. We are sat outside. It's day two of our visit. Day four of Labour Conference? Yeah, uh, we're just for scene setting. We're sat in the Albert Dock, which uh, you may know from this morning, uh, back in the day. That's a dated reference now, but all, yeah, the, all, not all, all, that. all the older millennials will, yeah. will understand. Are you Richard or Judy in this situation? I'm not the man who is jumping from island to island, that's for sure. Uh, but <laughs> it's good to be here. We're, yeah, day two. Uh, I don't know why we did it outside. We did it for atmosphere, hope to get some seagulls, uh, some scouse accents. Uh, and what we've got is we've got rain. I can see the live birds. It's very damp and there is a bin lorry in the background. So welcome to Liverpool. Yeah, if this is the, the sunlit uplands of Labour's uh, coming revolution and like, uh, all the, the sunny days ahead, they, they haven't quite started yet. It's quite damp. But what is interesting, I think, is that this feels very different to our, our experience yesterday. So we, mm. we arrived yesterday, we saw Sam's speech, mm. we met delegates, people mm. with badges on, um, we spent all day hobnobbing, mm. networking, chatting, uh, speaking to people off the record. Somebody said to us at one point, yeah. this is off the record. Uh, that was the thrill of my lifetime. See, now, we, now we, we're proper journalists, so we know secrets that we can't tell people because that would be breaking a, a secret code. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I can't actually remember what was then followed up of that. I'm not sure mm. if it was just underwhelming or I was just riding that high. But <laughs> yeah, we were, we were spent day with the Daleks yesterday and the mood does feel very different to this rainy setting we've got today. Mm. Journalists always talk about the mood at conference, and our impression of the mood, I think, was universally, they all seem pretty pleased that how well things are going. No, I think I think everyone's very disciplined, is, is, the, is the, the overwhelming thing. We've got every, every Labour person we spoke to was sort of quietly confident, but not arrogantly so. Um, and everyone seems to think, yeah, maybe, maybe this time they might actually be in with a chance of winning. I... I can see why people want to be here. I can see why people are part of mm. this. It, it, you know, you talk to the delegates and it's not always been like this, but it, it's got an optimistic, it's got a positive feeling. Mm. Feels like that's something the country could do with right now. Yeah, I was hoping for a bit more factional infighting as we're here, as Labour, the Labour Party famously over the last few years has been tearing itself apart, as the, the sort of Corbyn wing has been battling with the moderate wing. But there was, I, we haven't really seen any evidence of any of that. Everyone just seems to be friends again. Which yeah. is, I suppose, it's nice. I, I, sh- I, I know I'm, I'm sort of saying, like, I wish there was more drama, but no, that's, that's why we're sort, here. Just sort of nice. I'll be honest with you, we decided to come up here hoping to witness some sort of West Side Story dynamic. Uh, I don't actually remember the story of West Side Story, but I remember there was whistling and gangs, uh, and there's mm. been none of that here, which no. is a shame. No clicking fingers and... No, no clicking fingers. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been positive, and, and, and uh, people, people seem to be happy. What would be the slogan of this conference? An honest slogan. An honest slogan of the conference. That put me on the spot. Um, it feels like, just play it cool. Or, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mm. Don't fucking jinx it. It feels like there's people <laughs> who, who, everyone seems quite pleased with themselves, but have arranged their faces in a way that is not too giddy. 
every, everyone seems to have crossed fingers beneath the table whenever, they talk, whenever we're talking to them, I think. Yeah, and if you say, if you dare say to somebody, oh, you know, you might get elected, or when you get elected, they, they spin on the spot three times, fingers crossed, touch wood, or whatever is superstitious to say, we're not counting chickens. Mm. James, what did you make of Stammer's speech? Uh, I thought it was pretty good as speeches go. I have to separate this out because my own personal political views, I was, I'm was i a massive fan of, uh, of planning reform, as you might imagine. Um, so I was delighted by lots of the things he said. But in terms of actual sort of delivery of the speech and doing the political job it needed to do, um, I think it did some of that. It was very, it was very more, it was more sort of tone setting about the sort of way he was going to go. And there wasn't much substance there. There wasn't much new in terms of like, he wasn't saying, vote for us and we'll do X. There wasn't much of that yet. It was more um, big picture more zoomed out. Um, so there, there's still some gaps there. But yeah, it seemed to have uh, gone down very well in the hall, which I imagine you would you would expect in a room full of Labour people. I think the glitter uh, incident, which... The glitter uh, incident, yeah. That, I think that also worked for Stara. Was that the worst protest in history? Quite possibly. The thing that amuses me most is the ultimate cause. It's like I can understand. I can almost understand people feeling that animated and wanting to cause a massive scene over, you know, matters of life or death. What they perceive as a matter of life or death. What was the protest for? So this was a protest for, for a guy who wants, and it's quite confusing the demands. But it's basically they want proportional representation in the House of Commons, and they want to replace the House of Lords with a, a chamber where people are picked at random. Uh, I don't know how to say this politely, but I'm bored just listening to you. Uh, because that's, like, right, not you all the time, that's mm. not a general comment, but specifically <laughs> in terms of this protest, running on stage with glitter, um, it, like, I, yeah, okay. It just seems a bit disproportionate. No, ah, I get it. Disproportionate uh, representation, yeah. Well, not, not that good. But yeah, I mean, fine. Protest is an important part of mm. democracy. But the, the, the most serious point is that that was a security failure, right? Oh. Surely, like the fact that people didn't get that close. Apparently, I, I read earlier today there wasn't even like proper like X-ray machines going into yeah. Labour conference. They weren't scanning bags, so it's a good job. It was just no. I, I see. I heard they were they checked bags. Mm. Somebody told me yesterday they checked bags, but that they didn't check people like what was on the person, ah. and so there was no X-rays in the machine. So anything that was on a person was not to be picked up. Hence the glitter. Oh, crikey. Yeah. I mean, say what you will, and obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm not an enormous fan of the protest. I think it was a, a bit of a silly idea. But glitter, a very effective protesting technique, because unlike just waving a sign or something, glitter, absolute nightmare to get out. So, yeah. as we saw, Sama was stuck with it on his hair and his hands and his shirt. He and actually pulled it off very well. Fair play to the man. A quite, yeah. a, quite a, well, let's say, a quite a boring man. <laughs> uh, but glitter seemed to work for him, I thought, so good, good for him. Hmm. We actually were told, uh, I'm not going to say the number, but we were told how many, what's the word, secret service? No, what's the UK? Special branch. Special branch agents that were in the room. Hmm. And that none of them stopped it, and that the people who did get there were conference venue security team. That, it feels like, what were they doing, just having a coffee? I, f I feel like, and I, I say this as someone who's not that authoritarian, but there probably should be more people with, like, guns who are tough no. and ready to intervene standing near the potential next prime minister or at least yeah scanners and somebody who can run quicker than uh, a protester mm. that's that's all we're suggesting but yeah the speech the speech did seem to encourage and, and uh, leave a vibe of positivity around people but mm. it is fair to say that there wasn't a, like there wasn't loads there james i know you love mm. the planning stuff and everyone was very happy here but there did feel like there were quite a few cliches there's no magic wand here. A decade of national renewal. That's what it will take 
We will need ambition, determination, patience, absolutely, but also bravery because it's brave to reject the hope of the easy answer, courageous to choose instead the hope of the hard road. But if we give Britain the certain destination, if we walk step by step with working people, bulldoze through the barriers in their way, lay secure foundations at their feet, mission government our guide, then yes, we can get our future back. So let's set the course. Let's get Britain building again. Take back our streets, switch on great British energy, tear down the barriers to opportunity, get our NHS back on its feet. It is a legitimate criticism that there's detail missing. Yeah, the, I think the only real two new announcements, the new, th the new things we actually learned on a policy level from yesterday was uh, the goal of building 1.5 million new houses. Um, that was sort of set in stone as much as a target can be set in stone. And also the fact that GB Energy, the new energy company Labour wants to create, they're going to base it in Scotland. I'm pretty sure those were the two sort of big new things. But other than that, yeah, it's it hasn't come out with the, the so-called retail offer yet. In comparison to our conversation last week about the Conservatives and the, the voters we met in New Mills in, mm. in the, the marginal constituency, people wanted promises uh, and wanted politicians they could trust and... and, and solve problems there's a paradox isn't there that making big promises kind of boxes you in mm. so actually changing the framework changing stuff like planning laws is not sexy and is not a big promise to go to put on a poster but could actually lead to some positive changes yeah so i think changing the planning laws is something we should be doing but it's going to take a long time so you if you change the rules tomorrow it's a lot it still takes a long time to like build a house uh, so in terms of seeing the impact on house prices and, and uh, the cost of living and so on, um, that's, that's going to be a few years down the, down the line. So even if uh, Labour get elected next May or next November, whenever they have the election, we're going to be twiddling our thumbs for a long time thinking, oh, has, has anything changed yet? Has anything changed yet? Unless they sort of can think of some more things to you know, give, give, the, give the economy and Britain, I guess, a more sort of immediate boost. And last night, James, we we were party animals. Mm. I think we painted the town red. Stayed uh, till 11 p.m. That's quite I late think, by I my so. standards. Now like I'm that. an old, boring man. Yeah, I, I hope I don't sound too hungover. It's just cold and wet and raining. Uh, but we we went out. We we went to a party. Yes. Oh, that's it. We went to see. Uh, sorry, we. Went, I, I I'm feeding you. You were so. You're. It's such a blur. You can't remember yeah. what we did. Uh, we went to uh, Lisa Nandy's uh, book launch. Um, it wasn't really a party. I'll be honest with you. It was a few hours of her being interviewed and, and launching a book. My, my sort of party. Yeah. Um, it was delightful. She talked about her, her new book and how uh, her sort of childhood and uh, reason to be in politics. It was it was, it was a very Lisa Nandy talk, uh, which you would expect. And that she played upon uh, all, all of her experience in the sort of so-called red wall uh, and caring about towns rather than cities and uh, class dynamics and things and opportunities. Um, so yeah, it was a very interesting hearing her speak at length. And there was a lot of people there. There was a full room with queues out of the door. Yeah. People, people couldn't get in, they were turned away. So, yeah. I don't think Lisa Nandy, with the, and don't get me wrong, I, I think she's a, you know, an effective politician who is an interesting person to listen to, but I don't think she could probably fill a room that bustling anywhere but Labour conference. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, uh, there was specifically, it wasn't just they were selling tickets for weeks in advance to the general public. We spoke to some of those people about how their conference was going and whether they thought Keir Starmer had missed anything in his speech. 
I'll be honest, quite a few people said no. Hit was perfect. But uh, that didn't really seem very insightful to us. So here's some of the others. I would have heard, liked to have heard a little more on education. Uh, personally, there's, uh, I have a big interest on international development. Um, and so, you know, a, a little bit more there. It's hard to say, really, because there's just so many kind of uh, problems for the UK at the moment. So I think the focus of the ones he picked were probably the most urgent ones. So you're saying you would have liked to have been here like a four-hour speech to go through every problem? <laughs> well, he, a big shopping list of problems. How would you sum up conference, maybe in one sentence, for somebody who's not here today? Inspiring. If that, was, that, that was a lot. One word, one word, right? Straight to the point. One word, inspiring. Hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Really exciting. Um, yeah, really uh, energised. I can keep going now. I'm going to keep going. Energised, exciting. Like, there's a real rally of hope and togetherness. Highly energised, especially some of the housing fringes. I think that there is a, a huge amount of determination and, and energy, basically. Yeah, it's like a festival of ideas for policies of like how we can make Britain better. I'd say it seems very optimistic, um, very uh, disciplined. Um, everyone seems to think that Labour's heading towards government. see the big people on TV. You see them debating and everything. And then when you come to conference, they're out here, they're drinking with you, they're talking with you, they're out, you know, they're out partying with you, you know. You're having a wild conference, have you? Making friends with all the, the big names. Yeah, all the big names are. You know, yeah, I, I've probably met all the big names, to be honest. I've, tried, I've been trying to get pictures of everyone uh, to post on social media. Starstruck? Yeah. Yes, 100%. You know, um, who, do have, who have I met that? You know, Ed Miliband out there. Big Ed? Big Ed, yes. Uh, I took a picture of him. He, he's been great, obviously. And who else has been there? Um, Obviously, I've seen the Bristol MPs because I'm from Bristol, all of them. So, Kerry McCarthy, Karen Smith, Dangham Debonair, who are all, all, on, all on the shadow cabinet. So, they are pretty big names. It's so. like a football sticker book. You get yeah. pictures of all of them. Yes, it is. It's like, I don't explain, it's like Pokemon, to be honest. You have to catch them all, you know, you take a picture of every one. So, we come to the section of the show, which is loosely called, What Else Is Happening? What else has been happening? It's all in conference all the time for me. It's, it's been two, three conferences. Sorry, Lib Dems. It's been a busy few weeks. But the world is still out there. Um, some of the headlines you may have caught, some of them you may not. So we'll do the ones you may not, hopefully. And if you have seen this, then sue us. You know, I'm sorry. We're going to go over it again. The first story I've got for you this week, James, uh, admittedly is vaguely conference-related. I'm sorry, mm. it is in the news. It's just part of what's happening now. Um, it's an appropriate phrase for this podcast. Mm. Labour on Saturday, it was announced, have hired a whistleblowing Tsar. Is that pronounced mm. right? Tsar? Tsar? I, I think that's, that's about right, I think. My Russian is, is not great. Uh, is Russian right? I think it is Russian, but it's a slightly different spelling to the Russian word, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. An well, another, another fact we need to have a follow-up in the newsletter on, I think. You know, sometimes people tell us we should fact-check our conversations on this podcast, and I'm like, no, let's just figure it out as we go along, and, and we figured nothing out. Anyway, Tsar... Mm has been hired to advise on workplace sexual harassment, uh, help Labour strengthen their policies and approach to, to employment laws and, and that world. A whistleblowing star called Marina Wheeler. And James, do you know who Marina Wheeler is? Yeah, I think this is the world's greatest piece of trolling because she's <laughs> Boris Johnson's ex-wife. Boris Johnson's ex-wife. 
it feels like not a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, she sounds eminently qualified as far as I can tell, but sure. also professional woman, KC. But I suspect the fact that she's got this uh, connection to a prime minister who was brought down by allegations that he was, uh, you know, protecting and aware of sexual harassment allegations that he did not deal with. Uh, I suspect that had a part of the hiring process. I dare say that might have, uh, you know, when the CV came into Labour's office, they thought, oh, that's an interesting coincidence. Yeah, as a reminder, listen, that was with the Chris Pincher allegations. And to be clear, this is the third time that James has made us record this section of the podcast. <laughs> so we are saying nothing on it because apparently I can't say nothing. Um, but it's a, it is a troll move. It, it follows the hiring of Sue Gray. Mm. Do we remember Sue Gray? Yeah, that's, a, that's another brilliant troll move because she presumably knows where some skeletons are buried. Uh, you, know, you, can't, you can't tell me off of some of my things and then use that phrase, James. <laughs> as far as what's happening now is concerned, there are no skeletons anywhere. We cannot prove those allegations. I'm, I'm intrigued to see now what, who the next troll hire is going to be. Are we going to see sort of, I don't know, George Osborne or something? No, no, I, I want to see a Starmer hire all of Boris's children. <laughs> Everyone overworking age uh, for different roles in the Labour Party. Uh, especially maybe just leafleting in, in his constituency, the and whole just, Johnson family. And just when we think Labour's got all of them, no, there'll be an extra bonus child we were unaware of. <laughs> that will be 15 children. Is that something we can say? Um, I think it is, but it's, it's famously unknown. Famously this is, this unknown. Is, um, okay. It's famously unknown how many children Boris has, and he's very uh, unwilling to confirm it um, uh, you know, with, with anyone. So it's really a genuine mystery. He could have, I think, I think people think six or seven, but for all we know, he could have 50 million children. I'm going to say 12,000. Uh, that's my guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit this in a, in a follow-up podcast, maybe in the newsletter. We'll do some digging, mm. maybe find out the facts. So, first story of the week, yeah. Labour has hired ex-wife Marina Wheeler-Casey, highly qualified woman, I'm sure is, is very well-placed. She's an expert mm. in employment law. Sorry, I'm certain she's very well-placed to advise on this. Just make me smile. Nice. James, have you got a less risky story, legally speaking. Yeah, I want to talk about a massive sphere. Okay, big ball. Yeah, so just opened in Las Vegas is an enormous new concert venue called The Sphere. And I think this is sort of incredible because what it is, um, it's a big dome, but on the, both the outside and the inside, it's entirely covered in screens on displays. So you can basically make it look like whatever it wants to be. So there's all these It still look like a sphere though, right? It's still, it's still a sphere. So it can't, it, this is not a, a sphere that's got dreams. It can only ever be a sphere. Yeah, but the, the, the scope there is incredible. You see these pictures of the outside of the sphere and like you can project like, you know, the earth onto it and look like the earth rotating around in, okay. Las, in the Las Vegas skyline. Look, someone did an eyeball, looks like creepy as hell. It could be orange. Yeah, and-, and uh, but, name, name it a football. A, yeah. Uh, uh, anything else? I'm trying to think of something. Right. I think you said everything in the world that is round. Watermelon? A watermelon, maybe. Maybe they Wow, could, the know, possibilities are... Stretch it in Photoshop. What's the opposite of endless? Ended. They, anything ball-related, it could be. Mm. Okay, well, I get it. But, but what's really cool as well is on the inside. So they, the, the venue just opened this week with a performance by U2. And this is the thing. This is the, 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 It's such a cool effect. When you see these videos on, on YouTube and TikTok of, of the, the band performing um, in this venue with all these crazy graphics going on behind them, not even a band as lame as U2 can make this look stuff uh, like that. You know, in the last story, we were happily to use the words of legend. I'm not having you two are lame. Outdated, maybe, but this is cool. You can't go, this is a really cool story, but they're lame. They're part of this. They're a cool band, James. What's a cool band in your eyes? Oh, what's a cool band in my eyes? Um, I don't know. 
what's the band people have heard of? I like Rage Against the Machine. Okay, right. Let's uh, stick well, with, let's listen, stick it to a man. It's up to you to decide who's cooler, Rage Against the Machine or you two. I feel like we're establishing mm. our audience demographic quite clearly here yeah, yeah. Of, of this argument. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mm. It's done by Ez Devlin, I believe, who is a phenomenal creative force. Mm. Uh, she is a stage designer and, and yeah, she's done amazing shows before. She's done uh, Beyonce, Kanye West, Adele, U2. She's done stage design for festivals and for theatre shows. And this feels like the biggest ball of all, I suppose. It's a, mm. it's a real step up in spherical terms. Yeah, we'll put some links in the newsletter to the videos because it genuinely, you, you have to see it to believe it. it. It really is, it just looks incredible. What's the other way people might be able to see it in years to come if not on the internet or going to Las Vegas? Uh, ah, so yeah, if, if people don't want to look at um, our, subscribe to our newsletter at whatshappening.news. That wasn't what um, I was trying to get you to say. They could, they could hopefully wait a few hours. I was doing the call to action because I'm very professional. Okay. Um, but in a few years' time, maybe, possibly, possibly not, who, who knows, yeah. um, there are plans to build one in London. Um, okay. they, they want to put one in Stratford. So, you know, just by the Olympic Park, yeah. uh, there's this big patch of land. It's like a triangle between, like, surrounded by railway tracks near Stratford Station and the same month they put in the planning permissions in Las Vegas to build it in Las Vegas they put the same thing in in Stratford so obviously in the years since then whereas people in, in Las Vegas have been digging and building and you know machining metal or whatever you do to build a building yep. in London nothing's been happening oh. because the plan's been stuck in getting planning permission and trying <laughs> trying to persuade uh, the planning laws to bend to build this sort of in incredible building has uh, has a decision been made on that uh, so it was initially approved um, a couple of years ago uh, by, I think, Sadiq Khan at one point. Uh, then Michael Gove tried to slow it down because this, <laughs> it is going to be a quite a controversial building because of these screens. It will be uh, emitting light. I know there's uh, campaigns, uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, by local residents who right. are worried about the sort of light pollution in the house. I think the, the, the uh, company behind it has said that they'll give blackout curtains to people who oh, wow. uh, live nearby. So <laughs> Just don't look out of your window yeah. at the massive fall. Okay. So it will be controversial, but I, th I think it's, it's interesting for two reasons. Number one, it's a damning indictment of our, our terrible planning laws, <laughs> which just means it's very hard to build anything. But... Um, but also, what was my second point? I just think we should build it because it'd be really cool. I know I should be objecting like, oh, well, think about all the economic benefits. Of it. But no, it just looks really fucking cool. And, and some and people get free blackout curtains. So win-win yeah. win for everybody. Uh, I can't believe that your advice to everybody is instead of subscribing to our newsletter, wait a couple of years to see if maybe possibly a giant ball gets put in a triangle. Uh, okay, good. Well, <laughs> that's not the official what's happening now line, but it's James's advice this week. All right, James, the third yeah. story this week uh, is about a garden. Do you like gardening? I'm not a big into gardening, okay. I'll be honest. Do you like animals? I do love animals. I've got two cats. They're very delightful. Okay. And do you love smart technology and machine learning? I'm a massive uh, smart technology nerd. Uh, my house is, I'm trying to turn it into uh, basically one just big robotic house. Uh, my, my, a giant my robot are, house. My lights are automated, my blinds are automated. The best thing I've done in my house, okay, yeah. this is, I'm genuinely proud of this. Yeah. When, my, when, when, our, when one of our cats goes into the bathroom and causes a stink, um, there's a sensor in the litter tray which uh, waits two minutes and turns on the bathroom fan for after they've done their business um, automatically. Okay. And, um, I, I have a question because I don't have cats. Yeah. Are cats' bathrooms always in a human bathroom? No, but they are they are in our case uh, in our house because you know, okay. we're, we're a very equal house. Uh, we, we don't we don't discriminate. Uh, Do they have little animals. toothbrushes as well? Like the set of the thing is it all, is it all very equal in your robot house. We've not we've not got we've not gone as far as far as toothbrushes. It's and, the next uh, step. Yeah, 
Okay, so you've got a robot house. Uh, I'm not sure if this story is for you then. I can't quite mm. decide how it's gonna f how it's gonna land uh, as an animal lover, but also a robot lover. Mm. A man called James Millwood has invented or adapted mm. the, his ring camera, his ring doorbell, to repel foxes and badgers in his garden. How's he, how's he done that? That's, that's fascinating. I'm not going to get into the coding or the, uh, mm. the, the, the fascinating technical ability of it, but he's created something he calls the Furbinator 3000, <laughs> which has, has gone through a process of recognising foxes and badgers in his garden from the camera, mm. uh, training the device to go through, go through iterations of it until it gets it right to go that. And when, mm. when that correctly is done, it will emit a high-frequency sound, warding off the animals. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I think that's frowned upon by the RSPCA, but <laughs> Mr. Willwood, as an inventor, seems quite pleased with it. And I think uh, it's an interesting step up on your robot house with a litter tray. He's, he's full on battle mode. But it, it does show what smart homes can do. And this is why the technology is so very cool, because basically once you make some, once you connect something in your house to a network, to the internet, you can connect it up to other things. And it's like jigsaw pieces. It's like, it's like plugging things together. So he's clearly written some code which says, look at the camera, analyze the image. And if that happens, then trigger this other device which makes the sounds and the noise and so on. And so by, by having our devices all connected together, we can do just clever things like that. There's a really excellent next step isn't there, that you do it that's in the back garden to repel mm. that and stop them messing up up your your lawn mm. if you put it at the front door yeah uh, any any charity collectors <laughs> anyone trying to sell you anything recognize them maybe a water pistol mm. I don't know, that's the next step uh, mr millwood if you're listening free advice for you uh, take that forward it can be the furbinator 3001 i don't know how his numbering <laughs> system works but that's that could be there next so, Sam, do you have any uh, big conference thoughts to, I guess, sort of end the show? I don't think I have any big thoughts, James. I think that's why you're on the podcast. You have the big <laughs> thoughts, I have the little thoughts. It just feels like there's a mood to it. It feels like people do have a sense of optimism and a sense of vibrancy, which is, which is nice for them. It's good for mm. them. I think there's still big questions to answer. I think there's still, you might, you know, we've got this sense for the people who are actually here in the conference, but going outside and meeting people in the rest of the country who are not as bought into what's happening. Mm. There's still some way to go, isn't there? But it's been mm. good, good for them. Everyone seems to have a nice time. And if, and if you were leader of the Labour Party, which I know you, you imagine all the time. Sure, constantly. How would you do it? What would you, if you were giving the leader speech, you were standing there, the glitter guy had been back to the way, it's just you and the world. What, no, what no, would you, what I'd, would you I'd, say I'd, and I'd, do? I'd invite more glitter. Uh, I think mm. that actually was 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 needed. Uh, I'd perhaps do just full glitter for everybody. I'd, I'd take around this audience. They seem very enthusiastic for Maybe not me, but for Sam's speech, but yeah. Take off the jacket, cover yourself in glitter. Seemed like a good recipe to me. What about you, James? Do you feel like a man who could do a could do a leader speech? So, all right, so I, I'm, oh, I'm going to use this as an excuse. I've, I've been saying for years, what Labour, what the Conservatives, what any political party needs to do is, they need to learn to, every, you give a speech, it's quite a boring thing. You stand behind the lectern and speak for an hour. That's not very engaging in the world of social media. Need juggling. So, well, that's, that's one option. Okay. I, I was going to say, they need to be more like Apple. If you've ever watched an Apple press conference where oh. they announce a new iPhone, it feels like this massive event. And the way they talk about uh, walking through the features of an iPhone, okay. I think you could do a really good political speech. Like, everyone is watching on a screen these days. It, it doesn't have to just be spoken. Have a screen behind them. Do a PowerPoint presentation. That's right. what I want to see Keir Starmer roll up his sleeves and get out like a laser pointer and do a PowerPoint presentation. You've, you've gone from a, a very cool Silicon Valley presentation to... PowerPoint and a laser pointer, <laughs> which feels kind of 
first year undergrad degree. Um, okay. but, but you know what I mean? Like you could talk about like different policies as sort of almost like features of a phone. You could tell you know, you, you, you weave in uh, different use cases and stories. You throw to video clips when those are relevant, and it just seems like a much more different way of doing. I think it's more be more shareable on social media. I think more people would watch the whole thing rather Pe than just a boring complain. man talking for an hour. People complain about politics being all all style and no substance, and our two recommendations yeah, are more, more glitter. <laughs> <laughs> more, more glitter and make it shareable and jazzy to look to watch. Yeah, maybe we're not best place to help them. They seem to be doing okay. You should have just gone on stage and started dabbing. That's what the kids do these days. Isn't I, it? I don't know. Like that feels that's that feels probably like, old now, isn't that it? Feels like a dated reference. Yeah. He does, can, a, happy, he does a happy slap. That's um, even old. That's even that's even old. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about hugging hoodies next. Um, okay, well, you know, maybe we're not out as political consultants, and that's fine. James, uh, what's happening next week? Is anything coming up? Yeah, so we've got another exciting show next week. I think we'll keep the details under wraps in case it all oh, falls that's, apart. That's a good one, uh, but, essentially. But the interesting thing next week, uh, the big political event to look forward to, is the, the mid-Bedfordshire by-election to work out who's going to replace uh, Nadine Dorries. Queen of my hearts. No one will ever replace Nadine Dorries, I think. You've got, you've got all of the Lovely Lane uh, books. The what books? I think it's called Lovely Lane, isn't it? The, the, um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to check that. I mean... I'm not as much of a fan of her to actually follow her writing career, but uh, yeah, just her confidence, just the, just the Dory's approach to life of resigning immediately and taking several years to do so is what I'm here for. Yeah, it is Dory. She's, she's got a whole, whole set of the Angels of Lovely Lane, the Children of Lovely Lane, the Mothers of Lovely Lane. How did you know that? We've, we've just looked that up, listener. How, how did you know that without looking that up in advance? Have you read them? I, I haven't. I'm waiting for the, for the TV adaptation, <laughs> the TV adaptation oh, which God. I'm sure will be on Disney Plus soon. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. From Liverpool, from a wet Liverpool, but an optimistic, giddy, I'd say, mm. conference. Nearly giddy. Uh, it's been What's Happening Now, and we will be back in the studio next week with details to be confirmed, but potentially, if, if this goes ahead, mm. could, could be good. Could be a good one. It could be okay. We'll see. Bye-bye. See ya. I was trying to think of like a little Liverpoolian like phrase to end on, but I couldn't. I was thinking, "Why I man?" But that's that's Newcastle. Uh, so I don't. I don't you, know what. Have what you got I, any other phrases that Liverpool phrase? Famous Liverpool phrases. Uh, mad for it. That's Manchester. Yep. Try again. Uh, apples and pears. Is that a Liverpool thing? Nope. No. Cockney. No. I'm just testing you, and you uh, no response. I don't know anything. About, is there a Beatles thing? We could, what, did, they, did they ever like say goodbye in a, or in a sort of... Is there a... I, I don't know. Can you do a Scouse accent, James? I can't do any accents. Try. I, I genuinely couldn't... I genuinely... Honestly, my brain does not function with accents. I'm still recording, so I want you to try and do a Scouse accent. I, ca I can't. Um, you can, you're, you're a man of many accents. You yeah, can, I'm, you not, can I'm, not, I'm not going to sit in Albert Dock and do a Scouse accent. <laughs>